You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Koop. All right, let's uh, get into the message this morning, and uh, you should have a handout when you came in today. We're going to follow up from our lesson last week. Last week, if you were here, we we're talking about us being a generator. We're designed and created to generate power. The illustration was a generator. We actually put a generator on stage and we fired that thing up. Uh, For some people, it was a highlight, and for others, it was not a highlight. And so we had that generator running in the service. But people came away remembering the service. You know, some churches burn incense, and we have generators running, so each have their own unique smells. So that was last week, but the whole point of the message was this, that God designed us to generate power. He said, but you shall receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. And he's given us power and authority, so we are created to generate power. The tank was designed to have love poured into it. That's symbolic of our heart. Our hearts are designed to have love poured into it. God pours his love into our hearts. And when you mix love and faith together, powers is a result because faith works. Faith is energized by love. Then we started going through some things that need to be filtered out so that it doesn't get into our gas tank. We talked about envy and a few others. This month, we're going to continue on that, talk about things that need to be filtered out so that we can generate power in our lives. The key verse is found on your notes, Proverbs 4.23. If you have your notes, go there, or your Bible, you can look it up, or your iPhone, or your iPod, or your Blackberry, or whatever berry you're using, you can find it there, I'm sure. Proverbs 4.23, in your notes, it's in the Amplified Bible. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. Would you read that out loud with me this morning? Let's read it together. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. This is where life flows from. Very important to guard it. Very important to filter the bad stuff out. And that's what we're going to go into this week. Today we're talking about bitterness, importance of filtering out bitterness. One of the reasons we're doing this series on hostage is I think we live in a world that's broken and it helps us to help other people. Hopefully this series will help us to help other people that are bitter, for example. And it also helps us to look at us. Is there a root of bitterness that's gotten into my life that I need to deal with? I think it also helps us as Vancouverites think about how do we help our society. The anger, the rage that was surfaced during the riots was a reflection of something much deeper, a root that was there. And it'll give us some answers on what we need to do. The church should have a response to some of the things that happened. So we're going to look at bitterness today. And uh, we're going to start by going to Hebrews 12, verses 14 and 15. So find that there in your notes where we read, Make every effort... To live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will will see the Lord. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. No bitter root grows up to do what? Cause trouble and defile many. So where you see trouble and defilement, there, there might just be this root of bitterness. Bitterness is that. If you're taking notes, bitterness is a dangerous root, has a dangerous root. 
How does a root of bitterness get started? A root of bitterness grows in the soil of hurt. When we've been hurt, when we've been offended, that becomes soil for that seed to germinate in our life. If we're aware of it, we can certainly deal with it. But if we allow that seed to germinate, that root begins to grow. And often, a root grows for quite a while before you'll see the fruit of it. A person can have the root of bitterness in their life for quite a while before the fruit emerges. The fruit is rage. The fruit is anger. The fruit is hatred. That fruit becomes, comes out after that root has been there for a while. If you study roots, they do simple things. They, they grow deeper. They absorb moisture, nutrients, absorb things. They store it. And they also anchor the plant. And if you don't watch it, a root of bitterness grows deeper into your life. It stores up hatred, anger. It'll eventually produce that fruit. But it also anchors that behavior in your life, that root. So that's why we need God to come along and do a Holy Spirit surgery and remove the root. And if you just cut off the top of your dandelion... You know, it grows back again. But if you get down there and you dig out the root, now you've got rid of the dandelion once and for all, that weed. God wants to do work even this morning. He wants to reach in and wants to remove the root of it. Not just the fruit of it, but he wants to deal with the root of bitterness. 1 Corinthians 13, we covered this last week, says that love keeps no records of wrong. As believers, we're not to keep a record when somebody hurts us. We're supposed to show them love and forgiveness and mercy and compassion and grace. But bitterness keeps a detailed record of suffered wrong. A number of years ago, I met with this fellow, and he had a list of things that apparently I had done to hurt him. And it was not a short list. It was a long list. And uh, I, I thought, okay, are you? Are, are, are we done? No, we're not done. I said, man, how much work does it keep to keep the list? That's what I was saying. Man, this is, I'm challenged enough just keeping my daytime, let alone a list of all the things that somebody did. That took a lot of work to keep it. And he went through it, and this one, and this one, that one, that one. Okay, whew. How many more we got to go? Like, this is, if somebody's ever read your list of suffered wrong, it's really draining. And then I, I just looked at his life as it began to, Take on anger, rage. That bitterness began to bear fruit, and it wasn't just affecting him. It was affecting others around him. Root of bitterness can stay with you all your life if you're not dealing with it. There's a movie called In Love and War. It's based on World War I experiences of the author Ernest Hemingway. When he's 18 years old, Hemingway goes to serve in Italy, and he meets a Red Cross volunteer, and he proposes to her. And... Uh, she, he goes back to America, but he doesn't, under, doesn't know that she actually accepts a proposal from another man in Italy while she's accepted his proposal. Oh, that's a mistake. And uh, so she writes him a letter later on, and she says, you know what, I've, I've accepted a proposal from this man in marriage. And he, man, something begins to grow in Ernest Hemingway. He becomes very bitter, very upset. Anger, rage enters into his life big time. Well, she realizes it's a mistake, and so she comes back. She comes to New York. She goes looking for him and talks to one of his friends. And, and he tells her, you know, yeah, he's, he's been upset about this. It's upset his whole life. He says, did you, 
did you ever tell him that you, you loved him? And she says, yes, I did, but I don't think you heard me. So maybe you need to tell him again. And so she summons up her courage, and this Red Cross nurse goes and finds Hemingway. He's fishing. He's on this. His dad had this cottage by the lake, and he's fishing there. And she goes there, and she, she's talking to him. And she says, you know what? I think we had something. And you know it, and I know. My heart got uh, that, that we had this relationship. And then she finally comes up to him and she says, you know, I love you. And he turns his back on her and she walks away. And, and she, she, she comes really close to him and says, I love you. She, she gives him an opportunity to take her in his arms, but he won't. He turns his back. And as she walks away, he goes back into the cabin and he, in anger, he, he throws his fists on the, on the table. And then she tells at the end of the movie what happened to him. How this bitterness stayed in his life because he couldn't forgive. Here's a clip, and you'll, you'll see it. Uh, and then we'll go into what happened to Ernest Hemingway after this. There's still part of me that wants to take you in my arms. Of course, things change. Wouldn't work. Not now. Not this time. Kid grew up. I never saw Ernie again after Walloon Lake.
often wonder what might have happened if he had taken me in his arms. But I guess his pride meant he wasn't able to forgive me. Some say he lived with the pain of it all his life. The hurt boy became the angry man, a brilliant, tough adventurer who was the most famous writer of his generation. And the kid he had been, eager, idealistic, and tender. Yesterday, July 2nd, was 50 years ago that Ernest Hemingway committed suicide. Married four times, hurt in his life, his entire life, did great things, but it wasn't life. The nurse goes on to live to be 92 with life. See, the Bible says, guard your heart, for out of it spring the issues of life. Jesus said, he who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of what kind of water? Living water. Life. Guard your heart. Heart guarded from what? Guarded from roots of bitterness coming into our life. Why? Because if you're taking notes, bitterness produces a poisonous fruit. Hebrews 12, 15. Whenever the bitter root springs up, many are corrupted by its poison. It doesn't just affect ourselves. It affects many. The poison gets to work in other people, not just us. Have you ever been in your workplace and somebody's got a bad attitude, a bitter attitude, and uh, it, all of a sudden it spreads into the entire office? Or maybe you've been on a team and somebody's bitter and upset and it kind of just spreads or in your school it spreads? We got a, a saying around our home and we say it under our breath and sometimes we'll even say it to each other. We'll just say, if, if something like that crops up, we'll say, I don't receive that. I'm not going to have that. We just literally will say it. I will not receive that. I'm not going to have that in my garden. I'm going to guard my heart. I won't receive that. And under your breath, sometimes when that, that spirit's at work, you have to literally say, I will not receive that. I will guard my heart with all diligence. I will refuse to allow that to come in there because it will get rooted and it will bear fruit, not just in my life, but in the lives of others. Guard your heart out of their flow. The issues of life, this is where the living water flows from. Let's look at five qualities of bitter people. And uh, you might see yourself on the list. I'm not sure. But let's look at these things. Number one, bitter people tend to justify their bitterness. If you're taking notes, the word you want to put in there is justify. Well, you know what? They did this to me. And so I have a right to be angry. I've got a right to take revenge. I'm a victim after all. So I have a right to get back at them. That's a symptom of the root of bitterness. Or secondly, people have a bitter, they, ha, they tend to be overly critical. If you're bitter against someone, you'll never look at that person objectively again. You begin to pick them apart because of that root of bitterness. And then thirdly, we uh, become secret, we secretly celebrate the misfortune of others with the root of bitterness. And uh, we, we don't do it out loud, but under our breath, we're like, <laughs> she got caught. Hey, she fell down. She walked down the catwalk in that beautiful place, but suit, but she fell down. Ha ha ha. You secretly celebrate the failure of somebody. Guy goes by you in a Porsche flying down the highway, and you're going, Man, I wish I had that Porsche. And then later on he, you see an officer pulled him over, he's getting a ticket, you go, Oh, it serves him right, sucker. And you secretly celebrate it. Eh, it just might be related to a root of bitterness. Uh, 
We tend to write off entire groups of people if we have the root of bitterness because somebody hurt us, and so we write off an entire group. Sometimes there's men who've been hurt by women, and so, uh, you know, I'm yeah, never going to have another date, another relationship because this woman hurt me, or this man hurt me, and never going to have another, not going to allow any men into my life because I was hurt by that one person. And so that root of bitterness is now at work, and so we, we cover everybody with that. Or we struggle uh, to... People with the root of bitterness, they, they struggle, uh, they see bitterness in the mirror. And what I mean by that is they, they think of somebody else. So you, I know it would be nobody here this morning, but you could be thinking, oh, I wish so-and-so was here. They should be hearing this message. Or uh, they only got this. This is for them. And so we tend to see somebody else needing it, but not ourselves. And, and that can be uh, a sign or a symptom of the root of bitterness. So... The question for us this morning is, with whom are we bitter? Is there somebody that you're bitter with? It could have been somebody that you work with that got a promotion and you didn't. It could be somebody that's told lies about you and uh, spread rumors about you. It might have been somebody that maybe you're bitter at your parents, maybe your dad because he wasn't home or the way he treated your mom or treated you or it could be your mom because she picked favorites and your, the bitterness entered your life there. Or it, it could be a trusted friend who turned on you, somebody took advantage of you or... Maybe you're bitter at God. Some people are bitter at God. Maybe you're bitter at yourself. Or maybe somebody hurt one of your loved ones and you're bitter at them. Being transparent this morning before, this, this is my biggest challenge. If one of my children or are, are, I feel hurt at school or somebody hurts Cheryl, I really have to watch it because I, I get bitter over, it's not my offense, they didn't offend me, they offended them and I get bitter over that. And so I've got to be careful that when they hurt, I hurt. I've got to be careful that that doesn't become a soil for that bitterness to get into my life. And there, there are teachers I remember that hurt my kids. And I, I still thought, so ooh, how come that still bothers me? God, do surgery. Please, remove that root. Don't let it grow in my life. Because you could have one teacher hurt you at a school. And you could write off the entire school. That's a symptom of a root of bitterness. And again, bitterness produces poison and has a fruit and manifests in rage, anger, hatred, and so forth. That's why we have to, like the Hebrew writer says here, get rid of that root of bitterness. Get rid of it completely. How do we kill the root of bitterness? Well, we kill it with forgiveness. That's the key to getting rid of the root of bitterness, forgiveness. Ephesians 4, 31 to 32, get rid of all bitterness, all bitterness. Rage, anger, brawling, and slander. This is the fruit of it, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. This is the remedy for it, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. That's the remedy for bitterness, forgiveness. Do you remember the song? It came out a number of years ago, like a number, number of years ago in the 70s. And it was uh, called Tie a Yellow Ribbon Round the Old Old Tree. And uh, it was sung a lot. Uh, I think in three weeks they sold three million copies, and uh, it was played on the radio all the time. And I think it played so much, it was such a hit, because people could relate to it. It was a song written about a guy who's an ex-convict, he's released from jail, and he writes to his girlfriend or wife or family, whatever it was, he writes to them, he says, I'm coming home, 
and I know I've done wrong. I just want to know whether you'll love and accept me when I get home. And if you accept me, I'm on the, on the bus, then tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. Actually, it wasn't a yellow ribbon, but they, they found an old John Wayne movie about a yellow ribbon, so they thought it would work better, but it was actually a handkerchief, a white handkerchief, but you get the idea. And so he asked for a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. And uh, he comes home, and let me just read you some of the lyrics of that song. It says, I'm coming home, I've done my time, and I have to know what is or isn't mine. If you receive my letter telling you I'd soon be free, then you know what to do if you still want me. Oh, tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. It's been three long years, do you still want me? A simple yellow ribbon, that's all I need to set me free. If I don't see a yellow ribbon, I'll stay on the bus, forget about us. Now the whole bus is cheering, and I can't believe I see a hundred yellow ribbons around the old oak tree. <sighs> I'm coming home. What was this question? Will you love me? Will you accept me? Will you take me back? Will you forgive me? Ernest Hemingway didn't tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. He said, no yellow ribbon for you. In this story, there's a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. Why? Because the person wanted them back. I love you. forgive you. I accept you. What overcomes the bitterness? That forgiveness. This is what our Lord's saying to us today. That man was forgiven and welcomed back into his family. And that's what God does to anyone who comes to him, who has to be forgiven. He doesn't have a yellow ribbon for us. He's got something that costs more than a hundred yellow ribbons. He's got a greater symbol. It's called the cross. And the cross says, welcome home. You're forgiven, and I want you. Would you come home? Wow. And when we're forgiven, we can forgive. Very hard to forgive if you don't realize the great forgiveness that God has for us. He said to forgive, even as Christ has forgiven you, you need to forgive others. How do we remove the root of bitterness? How do we protect our heart from getting what Ernest Hemingway had? We do it by forgiving and receiving forgiveness, first of all. Wow. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.